Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Uh, we were uh, coaching together and we had a really interesting experience. Uh, I think it'd be great if you'd uh, tell us about that story. Yeah, I, I, the person we were talking to wasn't drinking coffee, but if he had been, he would have spit it out. That was the <laughs> judgment I made from the look on his face and everything he told us afterwards. So that was a, a moment of searing insight that I thought might be helpful to describe. So we were chatting to uh, a person that we coach together. This is not something we do all the time, but um, sometimes people hire us to coach them together. And so we were both answering his questions about rapid growth in his team and uh, leading indicators to measure how his team was doing. And I could see him just nodding along and, and being very happy with what we were describing. And one of the things we described was the sort of indicator he could track that would show him uh, how many people were complaining and saying that things needed fixing and uh, that they needed to have improvements in the team as it grew. And I remember saying something like, uh, so what you'll need to look for is this uh, indicator uh, that will show you how many people are complaining. And of course, you'll want it to go. And he was nodding all the way up until that point, until the spit out your coffee moment, which was up. So <laughs> you want the number of complaints to go up. And uh, that, that he found, I, I, I think it would be an understatement to say he found it shocking. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed so natural at that point uh, to, to be saying, well, of course, you want the number of complaints to be going down. That would be a sign that things were going well. But uh, but we know it wouldn't. We said, yeah, exactly. We said something quite different. And uh, and, I, and I think that that's why I think was why we, we thought this meeting worth talking about, about why the, the number of complaints uh, going up would be a good sign uh, and the number of claims going down would be a cause for concern. Uh, the, the, when we talk about this, the, the first thing that came to mind for me is, uh, of course, psychological safety and Amy Edmondson and the, the classic uh, research that she was doing that led to uh, the concept of psychological safety. Certainly something that people have heard our podcast for a while would have heard us talk about this in the past and her work Mul with nursing. Multiple episodes. You can definitely go back and find those if you're interested. But uh, Edmondson certainly got us started on this, but she's not the only one. Uh, that's right. Although I will say in this case, what, what came to mind most directly for me, and, and here it's a, it's a part about what uh, the, the person we're coaching as a leader could be doing, uh, you know, for their department to... Um, help ensure that people did feel psychological safety and that they did want to be increasing the number of complaints. And that was something, another Amy Edmondson, but from her book, Teaming. And in there, in one of the chapters, she talks about the power of framing and the role of leaders in framing the situation, not as a performance situation, but rather as a learning situation. And uh, to me, there's something very interesting here, which is if you care about high performance, that it's valuable to frame the situation in terms of learning rather than performance. And I think that is, is something that's very unintuitive to a, a lot of leaders. So I think that's something why I was hoping we would talk about that today. Indeed, just the way you put it, Jeffrey, it's very indirect because uh, instead of aiming for the outcome, instead of driving your car west in order to get west, we're, we're, we're going to drive a different direction. We're going to point at <laughs> learning and then we're going to wind up at this destination that's different to where we were pointing. We'll go north, and then we'll wind up west. How, how's that work? <laughs> it's, it's, it, I think it's, it comes down to uh, the, the, the power of learning and what the impact of uh, a performance frame does to people psychologically, uh, which is it, it makes people concerned. 
uh, it makes them uh, therefore less creative. And it, it puts the emphasis on temporary wins uh, as opposed to systematic improvements. And I think we might put it this way, which is we can't sort of temporarily fix ourselves to sustained long-term performance. And I think we have some great examples of organizations who have been known for performance improvements, but their approach there was similarly indirect and that with a very similar uh, emphasis on learning rather than performance as the path to performance. And I know one that we we cited right off when, when in this coaching session was uh, the example of Toyota and the uh, Anon Light. And uh, maybe you can you can connect that for us. Sure. Well, so uh, in many manufacturing plants, and Toyota, I think originated this. At least the the term Andon is Japanese for something. But I'd be interested to hear if any of our listeners know what it what it's for and where it came from. But an Andon light is like a traffic light, but it's at your own station where you're working on a car. And as you work on the car, you might be installing wing mirrors or uh, tires or something like that. As you're doing your work, you have a cord and you can pull this cord. Normally, the, the, the traffic lights, red, amber, and green, are at green. And then you can pull it, I think, once and that'll make it turn amber and that'll bring your supervisor over. And you can pull it twice and that will stop the entire factory. The entire assembly line of cars that you're working on will stop and everybody will come over and deal with whatever the problem is. So that sounds like a recipe for chaos, but it's actually <laughs> tremendously productive. Yes, it is. And, and, and I think the, the idea is uh, the directions, if you've seen something that's not right, uh, well, then we want to uh, uh, learn about it. We want to understand what's happening, what the cause of discrepancy is between what we would expect to have happen and what's actually happening. And uh, this kind of behavior is described very well in Mike Rother's book, uh, Toyota Kata, where they describe uh, both the improvement kata, which is what they do to improve their situation and the coaching kata, which helps guide people through the improvement kata. So of course, link in the show notes there. And there's a really lovely story there about uh, their uh, approach that was kind of very similar to our advice and somewhat maybe inspirational for this advice. Uh, and I believe it's in this Toyota kata book where they describe a uh, one of these Toyota factories where the number of light, you know, cord poles were going down. So the average per shift was going down. And and just as our as our, our coach, uh, person that we were coaching would have thought, you, you would have thought that it going down would be cause for celebration. You'd have cake and a party <laughs> and bonuses for everyone and so on. But that was absolutely not the reaction. Yeah. Although, although the similarity is they did, you know, pull together and have a, a, a meeting of everyone in the plant. But as you say, rather than, you know, cakes and celebration, they, there was a very serious uh, speech that was given. And the factory manager said, um, you know, the number of pulls per shift has gone down. Uh, and I'm going to make up some numbers here, something like from 700 to 500 uh, per shift. Now, uh, what he says, no, the thing is that we are staffed to handle 700 uh, uh, cord pulls per shift. And when that's not happening, now one of two things is going on. Now, either you are seeing problems and not pulling the cord. Now, if that's what's happening, please pull the cord because these are our opportunities to learn and our opportunities to improve. Now, the other possibility is that we have in fact gotten better and they, and in fact, we are, we are no longer, uh, we've improved our process so much that we only have 500 
uh, incidents worth pulling the cord on. And uh, if that's the case, what we will do is increase the speed of the line until we are back to 700 <laughs> cord pulls. In other words, we're going to go faster to induce uh, uh, more errors to understand you know, uh, where the new limits of our performance are so we can get back to learning at the rate that we want to be learning. And the person we were coaching was taking this on board and, and we were describing it to him and, and he was thinking as, as his, his mind kind of exploded and he came up with lots of new ideas. He said, oh, I could, I could get everybody together and, and we could have this same kind of discussion about making sure that the number of complaints goes up again. And uh, I said, yeah, and, and uh, don't, don't worry about the possibility that it is actually that you're just not going fast enough because he's trying to triple his team in a very short, in a matter of months. So it, it, the question is not whether he's going to need to speed up his metaphorical conveyor belt. It's going at top speed already. And so there's a very strong signal there for him, which was really useful. And he was thinking of it as a positive thing. Us pointing out it was negative was really insightful for him. It, it gave him these insights into what difficulties he was having and why, in fact, his uh, his goal of tripling was in trouble. It was something he needed to do something about. So it's rare in these situations in knowledge work that you actually do have total psychological safety and you just aren't going fast enough. That, that's that's <laughs> rare. That's right. It, it, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly very rare. And this idea and this emphasis on complaints was something that was driven home again for me very recently, which is uh, listening to uh, The Ideal Cast with Gene Kim. And I, I believe this is the episode that they had with um, Dr. Stephen Spear and again, uh, link in the show notes. And they were talking about the safety culture at Alcoa that was brought in by Paul O'Neill. And for people who don't know this is the story, this is a, a great one and definitely worth learning. And, and it's a nice uh, companion to uh, the, the Toyota one, in part because, it, again, it had a different focus. It, it was uh, Apollo Neal's um, track record at Alcoa was phenomenal and uh, in terms of the, the performance of the company. But the path there didn't start with, we need to improve the performance of the company. We need to improve the bottom line. We need to become more profitable. In fact, what he did is he he showed up at a plant one day and he made a big announcement and then he made this announcement to everyone all over and he said, we're not going to kill anyone anymore. This this is just not going to be part of our process anymore. It's it's, it's not, we're, we're going to have, you know, those little signs that say so many days since accident, that's going to say infinity days since accident. <laughs> that was, that was the vision that he put forward. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that they achieved that overnight, but they made massive strides toward it very, very quickly. And they did so by uh, encouraging complaints and commentary and psychological safety so that people could say, there's a problem here. And uh, O'Neill did that in a, in a number of different ways to, to reinforce that message. That's right. And including, and this is one of the things that stood out in, in, in his tenure, was that his first uh, meeting uh, after becoming CEO with shareholders, his first message was this safety first message, which was, which was really a surprise. But it, it wasn't just the, the headline uh, comments, which that's certainly important. You know, that's certainly a, a statement of this is what the company's focus is going to be is when that is what you're saying out to the world and to your shareholders that this is what you're going to do. Uh, it's, but then it, it translated into uh, uh, concrete actions of, of all types. But one of the stories that I, I heard here on the Idealcast that really you know, struck me, because I, I hadn't heard it before, which was when uh, uh, they talked about Alcoa acquiring another uh, aluminum 
plant and uh, and they, they so they as part of their success they were buying up some of the some other other plants and they come in and and on what do you do on day one to change the culture and it turned on day one the the, the new person coming in to, to manage the factory said you know well um, I want to form a safety committee you know that this is what we're about we want to get started and, and the existing plant management put forward some workers, you know, the exemplary workers, the mo- most uh, decorated workers as most dedicated workers, probably the ones who didn't complain very much because they were so loyal to the company. That, that's right. And, and, and what the response was from the incoming uh, co-exec was, no, no, these are, I'm sure these are all very fine people, but w- the people I want to talk to are the people who have filed the most grievances with management those are the people I want to talk to, and and that was that was a, that was a shocking, uh, uh, you know. It seems like you're asking for the for the problem employees, and uh, this uh, incoming exactly uh, <laughs> that's what you're doing. That's who you want. But, you want the ones who are a problem to management. But but and, and what it is then the, the the new incoming manager went and and talked to those employees and and said like like you join our committee. And of course they were you know, surprised. And they said, well, why would you want to talk to us? We're the ones who are, you know, we're, we're trouble employees. We're the ones creating, you know, uh, who are, who are being problematic, filing all these grievances. And, and the response was, well, from what I can tell you're, what you're doing is you're pointing out problems. And, and the real problem here is not you and pointing out the problems. It's the fact that the management haven't been solving those problems. They haven't been addressing them. So what I want you to do is join the safety committee and just keep on pointing out all the problems. And and what a clear framing about the importance of this of what we want to hear, you know, we're not here to hear the good news. We, we want to hear when there are problems, and making it clear that the people doing the work, and I think this is what's common across all of these. And to go back to the Amy Evanson and teaming in her examples uh, in in her book, when she talked about framing, it was about adopting uh, uh, four different teams adopting minimally invasive cardiac surgery in hospitals and the and she contrasts two that were successful versus two that were not and what uh, led to successful outcomes is when the people leading the initiative told the teams you know you are important what you see is going to be critical for our success we can't be successful without you telling us what problems you see and that invitation for people to speak up and we see this here now at, at Toyota, we see it at, at uh, Alcoa, we see it in these hospitals where they are successful. That idea of when you see a problem, we need you to speak up was crucial to having the best outcomes, the best performance, the highest productivity, uh, the best business outcomes. They were all tied to this, the, the role of leadership in making it clear to, to the people doing the work that they were a necessary part of the solution, a necessary part of them getting better. Sounds like a fantastic message. I, I often like to give little caveats, so I will just give one here, which is that occurred to me as you were talking, Jeffrey. That, that there are cases, and I bet some listeners are thinking to themselves, "Gosh, it it, it sure is nice that Alcoa had enough time and enough cash and enough uh, capacity to be able to focus on safety." It, it's conceivable that if they were up against the wall, going to go out of business in a couple days, they might not have been able to focus on that. The, and, and that's true. I mean, if we're in a situation, uh, we often cite this one, Jeffrey, if we're you and I are together and, and the fire alarm goes off, uh, I'm not going to say, uh, gosh, I, I, what I'd like to know is all the problems 
problems with the fire alarm and, and what could go wrong with it and whether the, the uh, exit path is uh, optimally configured. And so I should say, which way is the exit, Jeffrey? Let's go. Um, uh, because th- that kind of optimizing for learning doesn't make sense in an emergency situation in, in general. But most situations are not an emergency of the, the, the great size, the great uh, urgency of a fire that's imminently going to consume you. Even if your company's in trouble, it's probably got enough um, leeway that you can spend a day or two improving your direction. And I, I just wanted to anticipate that objection because I, I can imagine listeners saying, well, you know, we're in such a hurry, we, we, we can't possibly learn. I think that might be a future podcast episode. We should look at that, that particular objection. Yes, absolutely. And and I would love to hear from listeners if they have been part of teams that have done this. Have you been in a place where the leadership did invite everyone to speak up about the problems and, and what happened? And, and Or the opposite. Have you been in environments where the idea of, of bringing up problems was suppressed that, you know, look, let's focus on delivery. Let's focus on performance. You know, as, as you say, scroll, we don't have time to learn. <laughs> We've got to get stuff done. And, and what was the outcome there? I would love to hear from, from listeners. And absolutely, uh, yeah. How can they get a hold of us? They can do that at conversationaltransformation.com, which is where you'll find all kinds of information on both of us and free videos and all kinds of other fun things and Twitter and email and other stuff like that for getting in touch with us. And we really like listener questions and arguments and debates. Those are all those lead to some of our best episodes. And we'll see you next week. Uh, Be out here next Wednesday again, I'm sure, Jeffrey. And thanks very much. Goodbye. Thanks, girl. 